The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have a very special show planned for you. We will be revisiting my interview with Tammy Deeran that took place back in August. And if you do not remember, she is a dentist at Brazos Valley Dental Arts, and you might know her as Dr. Eret there. Um, she is a USA Today bestselling author and has published more than 20 books. And these include uh, the Best Girl series, as well as the Limitless Clean Billionaire Romance series. Um, she focuses on happily ever afters and ha and we speak a lot about her influences and these um, vary from her job to family and to her friends um, and her first publisher is actually um, her daughters so it's, it's actually a funny story make sure you tune in for that um, all right and now for our art announcements first one being the bonfire memorial cleaning uh, 2022 this is a annual cleaning uh, that is hosted by the University Art Galleries, and this will take place November 11th, and that's this Friday. Uh, and it goes from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but you can reserve a slot of two hours. And students, as well as community members, are invited to this annual cleaning event. And if uh, you do want to take part in this, make sure to sign up at uart.tamu.edu. All right, and for my second announcement, we have a Kubari workshop, and this is also hosted by the University Art Galleries. And interestingly enough, they will have Bill McKinley, the director of the Ben School of Floral Design, who has actually been on the show before. Um, he will be giving a workshop on the mechanics of a traditional Ikebana or Shoka design. Uh, and this type of design dates back to the Hayan period. If you are interested in this, you can go to the Forsyth Learning Gallery. This will take place Tuesday, November 15th, and that's in MSC room 2428. Uh, make sure to go and RSVP for that one as well. All right, let's start my interview with Tammy Deering. In the studio, we have a very special guest. She is a dentist at Brazos Valley Dental Arts um, with uh, Dr. Stephanie Ray, and uh, she is a USA Today bestselling author of romance novels, has published more than 20 books, including the Best Girl series and the Limitless Clean Billionaire romance series. Um, she focuses on happily ever afters and is also a musician. Um, her name is Tammy Deeran, and hi Tammy, how are you today? Hi, fine, how are you? Doing great. Um, I did want to mention that uh, her patients um, know her as Tammy Eret, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're talking to Tammy Eret slash Tammy Deeran. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I like to go over the background of my guests first before we get into the art. Um, so I, I would like to ask, where are you from? Are you a local or did you migrate here to the Bryan College Station area? I did migrate here. Um, I grew up, uh, was born and raised in Texas City, down on the coast, uh, and then I have lived in 
uh, Waco and Dallas and a little small town called Giddings, um, but then ended up here. Uh, since 1988, we've been here, so quite a while. All right, yeah, you've grown your roots here in, in the Bryan College Station area. Yes, this is where we raised our children. Awesome. And um, were you an avid reader as a child? Uh, were you like a star reader, or were you encouraged or forced? <laughs> oh, I I read all the time. Right. I loved reading. That mm-hmm. was, you know, that was our, inter- our, our entertainment all the time was reading. Right. And what kind of uh, books did you gravitate towards? You know, I read a variety. It's funny, I didn't really read that much romance. Um, I read a lot of fantasy, and I love the spy adventure novels like Tom Clancy. So it's uh, just anything, though. I liked I liked excitement and read those kind of things. And it, it got the creativity going for you, I bet. Sure. <laughs> and... Um, when did you begin to write? Did you start with poetry, or was it always narrative? Um, actually, I definitely started with poetry. Really? I published my first poem. My third grade teacher got me published a, a poem that I wrote uh, in a little, you know, it was it was a publication for uh, elementary school kids, so it wasn't like a huge thing, but I would say that was my first thing that I ever published. And she is probably the one who encouraged me the most in writing. And I just wrote lots and lots of poems. And then because I was a musician, I wrote a lot of songs. Mm -hmm. And so I've been writing songs since I was a kid um, and really had never written anything. I had a creative writing class in high school and probably wrote a three-page story. And that's about as long as I had ever written anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was not really sure that I could write a novel. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really interesting how my first book came about because I, I got the idea that, you know, I think a lot of people think maybe I could write a novel and they're just too afraid to try. Mm-hmm. And so when people tell me that, I always tell them, you should try it. Just try it because it might happen and you might really like it. Um, And it was like that with me. I was thinking, maybe I could write a novel. And my daughter actually said, why don't you do it? And I was like, oh, I I just don't know. I've only ever written little bitty short things. I don't know if I could do that. And she said, well, why don't you just write one scene? And so I said, okay, I could do that. I could just write one scene. And I wrote one scene. And then... I took it to my office, and all my employees read it, and they were like, oh, we need the next scene. (laughs) So I went home, and I wrote another scene, and a couple of days later, I brought that one to the office, and they read the next scene, and they said, we need the next scene. So it became like a little soap opera that was ongoing, and they were waiting to see what happened next and waiting to see what happened next, and um, I, I loved it because... They, I got this immediate feedback from them, and sometimes even watching them read it, and mm-hmm. I could, I saw when they laughed, and I could see them going, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened!" And it was so much fun. Um, and so, as a consequence, this book, which was the first book that I ever wrote, is way too long. It's, it oh, went no. on a long, long time, yeah. and. Um, Just keeping the co-workers entertained. Yes, I was just keeping everyone entertained. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you know, I wrote an end to the book. And the other thing is that 
while most people uh, will say at the beginning of their books, you know, the the characters are fictional and this kind of thing. Well, it was true in the story, except that these characters were in large part based on real people. Hmm. So the uh, the woman was a middle-aged woman, and she had two daughters, which I was a middle-aged woman with two. I was, she was actually a little younger than me, but I was a middle-aged woman with two daughters. Mm-hmm. And this woman had majored in chemistry, and I had majored in chemistry. And now the, the difference is that um, this woman ha- was widowed at an early age, and um, my husband claims that I killed him off uh, 15 years before the book started, so he oh, no. didn't get to be a part of the book. <laughs> he was a little salty about that. Yes, but the personalities of the girls were so much like my own daughters mm-hmm. that um, everyone recognized them, of course, immediately, all my friends who knew them, and they even one time called and left a message on my phone um, and and pretended to be the characters in the book and said, hi, mom, and just like left this little message. Um, So it it was really, it was kind of fun, a little different, I think, than probably most writers would start. Right, yeah, Um, definitely. And so I wrote this book, and then my girls got it and published it in a paperback form on Amazon and surprised me with it for Christmas. No way. <laughs> so, so it was published in December of 2013. I had no intention of publishing it. I was just writing it for fun, mm-hmm. just for my friends. Right. And um, so, you know, and, and lots of people publish books, put them out there, and then they say that the average person who, like, just writes a book and self-publishes it, puts it out there, sells about a hundred copies and so you know you're you're thinking yeah this nothing's ever going to happen but um you know some people started buying it like strangers bought it Mm. and so then i i I wrote a one about one of the daughters and then i wrote one about the other daughter and then i wrote one about some one of the other characters that was in the book and so that's how the series evolved and um kind of how it really got going wow that's that's insane that your your daughters were the one that were your first publishers that's right (laughs) that's That's so unique um so after you know having all this creativity and artistry within you uh growing up why become a dentist (laughs) yeah that's so crazy um so my music teacher wanted me to be a music major. Right. <laughs> but um, I, honestly, I'll be real honest and say that I have performance anxiety. Oh. And I, I just thought, well, if I major in music, you can either be a teacher or a performer. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I would not be able to do the performance thing because it gave me so much anxiety. And so I thought, well, if I'm a teacher, say if I'm a piano teacher then I'll never get to see my kids because y'all be teaching lessons when my kids are home from school. Right. And so I I also just really liked school. I was good in school. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was 
being very practical, and I thought, well, if I'm a dentist, then I could set my own hours, and it would be a good profession, because I thought about being a doctor, but I, I thought, well, a doctor, they're not going to have much family time either. Nope. So I thought, well, if I'm a dentist, I can have more family time, set my own hours, and so I was like just really practical and chose dentistry, and I really had no idea at the time, it had never occurred to me how much art would be involved in dentistry. Right, yeah. So that part of it actually has been very fulfilling. Hmm. Wow, that's a really interesting because, I mean, was it those coworkers that you were writing? Was it in the in the dentist's office that you were writing that I novel? did write one that was in a dentist's office. Well, oh, really? one of the characters was a hygienist. Huh. Um, okay. And that series, I actually combined uh, the musical part. And so in each book there is a part where there's a song involved and I had an original song and recorded it and put it up on my website and then there's a link in the book so when you are reading the book you can actually go and listen to the song on the website. That's a whole other form of experience than just reading it right? Yeah. Uh, You know that's interesting because before you were here I was kind of thinking that your professional and your artistic world were kind of very separated but now I'm learning that they're very very blended together yes and I think really that's probably true of anybody who's artistic Mm -hmm. they just can't help bringing that part of themselves into their career whatever it is they do right yeah so when did you realize you had the aptitude for writing specifically romance novels and I'm guessing it was that um, with your employees yeah, so, um, you know, they, they always say this thing, the old adage is, write what you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, as much as I loved spy novels, I didn't know anything about spy novels. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I don't know anything, nothing, espionage and all that stuff. It's really interesting, but I didn't know anything about it. So I thought, I can't write a very convincing one of those. But, um But my husband and I have both been mentors for young people. We worked with youth and college age, young professionals our entire lives. I mean, we started teaching high school, Sunday school while we were still in college, before we even got married. And so um, we, I have spent so much time around young people and gone through so many relationships and love stories and watched them fall in love and watch them get married and talk to them through heartbreaks and all these things. So I felt like relationships are the thing that I know the best. Right. Yeah. So I thought, you know, that just seemed natural to me to write a book about relationships. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU comes from the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. Hello, welcome back to The Heart of Art with Hector Nino. We will be returning to my conversation with Tammy Deering, the romance novel author. You see that real life is already full of enough heartache. So you give your book characters a happily ever after. 
Would you say that that is your purpose for writing these novels? Is it a form of escapism for your audience? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of escapism in there. Um, I do have, I think, some things that are pretty inspirational. Um, and I've, I love, love getting feedback from my fans. So I've got a subscriber list of about like 12,000. Uh, now, I don't know how many of those people actually open and read it every week. Mm-hmm. But I do get hundreds and hundreds of replies every week when I send it out. And some of those people will tell me things about themselves and share things. Um, some have asked for prayer. Some um, have just told me that they were in a, in a difficult point in their life. And one of my books like really touched them and really helped them through that point in their life. I mean, that is the oh, kind wow. of thing you're like, I can die happy from this one email. Yeah, you're impacting lives. Yes, I feel Definitely. like I'm making a difference. I know it's just a little romance novel, but still, Much more. It, it can make a difference in people's lives. And so I love that. And my, um, my Limitless series is a, a completely different kind of series because it's based on, um, there's a group of billionaires, men, who um, met when they were at a computer camp as teenagers. But it wasn't just an ordinary computer camp. It was a camp for for kids with disabilities. Hmm. So all four of these men had disabilities. The first one was blind. And I was inspired to write this because I have I had a, a grandfather who was blind, and I have a grandson who is blind. And so he actually talked to me and gave me input. My, my grandson did. Wow. He knew I was writing this book, and I asked him some questions, and he talked to me and gave me some ideas and some thoughts. And, you know, it was just really, really funny things that he said that just had never occurred to me. Like, he told me, you know, I could be sitting in a room talking to someone, and they could be completely nude, and I would have no idea. Like, I've never thought of this kind of thing. So. Right. Writing this book was really challenging because I write usually from two perspectives, um, and I'll change from one chapter to the other. So in this case, I was writing from the heroine's perspective, and then when I was writing from the hero's perspective, there was no vision involved. So the things that he perceived were all in sound and touch and, you know, smells, that kind of thing. And so I was not only describing what he was doing, but also what he was experiencing as if I could not see. And Mm -hmm. so, in fact, one of the readers even remarked that when they were reading the book that they, it's like, I got to experience being blind whenever I was reading from Brand's perspective. Yeah. So you really put yourself in their feet. I try to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually going to ask... what your artistic process is like and I mean it sounds like it begins with characters or do you even get inspiration from the media maybe yeah so um, you know a lot of my inspiration comes from um, real life things that happen Mm -hmm. things that I've heard about or uh, things that um, people have told me about their experiences because I mean, I've, only, I've had some experiences, so they're my, you know, my characters will, will do some of the things that I have done. 
Uh, and then other times it will be things that I've heard about from others, probably less from media and more from personal stories that I hear or things that, that I've personally experienced or that my friends or, or children have experienced. Mm. Um, for instance, we have a, a friend who has alopecia. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it, it causes hair loss. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds. And so um, because of that, I thought it would be interesting to write a character who had alopecia. And so really, I like to make my stories a little bit different from the normal kind of formulaic book, mm-hmm. um, because that's what actually makes me happy is having a little bit of challenge in there. Right. So I would say, yes, it does probably start with the characters. I get some kind of an idea of, um, of the challenges that are going to be there, um, the things that are that are keeping these characters from getting together and the forces that are forcing them to get together and the battle that is going to ensue. But um, there's actually two kinds of writers. Uh, One is called a plotter and the other is called a pantser. So the pantser writes by the seat of their pants and that's actually me. Mm -hmm. So I have often said that I will start writing and not know what's gonna happen until I'm writing. And Mm. sometimes what I think is gonna happen doesn't happen. Uh, My characters don't behave, they don't do what I want them to do and they do something completely different. I've had surprise characters show up in my books when I was writing them and I didn't know they were gonna be there. And so uh, it's, it's really fun. I tell people that writing a book is just like reading one except you have more control about what happens in the end. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like reading it as I'm writing it. Wow, that, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, what, what would you say a plotter does? So a plotter is going to sit down and plan out how the book is going to go and right. what's going to happen in each chapter mm-hmm. and the overall arc of the story. And um, so when they sit down to write the book, They have it all planned out. They know the beginning. They know the end. They could start anywhere in the book and write. They could write the middle chapter if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. They could write the last chapter if they wanted to. But um, I could never do that. In fact, I one time spent, I don't know, a week plotting out a book because I thought I could do that. And then when I actually started writing it, I was off the outline before the end of the first chapter. Hmm. And so all of that plotting was just totally wasted time. (laughs) So I gave up and decided that was never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think your version is much more exciting. Yeah, it's more fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How would you say that uh, your Christian beliefs influence your novels? Um, Well, it's very heavy in there. I do have one Christian romance series that, that has a lot of... Um, actually talks about God and faith and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, my characters, my main characters, uh, even if they don't talk about God, they still have a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And um, morally, they follow the things. Not that they're perfect. I, I, no one in is. Fact, 
Yeah. I don't like perfect characters. No. <laughs> I don't mind if they <laughs> Yes. They they're sinners like the rest of us and they yeah. mess up and they don't always do what they should and mm-hmm. um you know that's the whole fun of it is is you need a character who has some um growth through throughout the book so that they're not quite the same something about them has to change from the beginning to the end if it's really going to be a fulfilling story definitely um and what would you say is your target audience is it for all types of ages or what would you say i really would say all ages my i mean not super young kids uh, but teenagers and up even the story, the first one that was where the main character was 45, I had lots of young people read it and they loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it, it has to be somebody who has enough time to read. Right. Um, I do have some of mine in audiobook form, which is kind of, you know, easier for a lot of people these days is to listen to audiobooks. So right. they don't have time to read. Mm-hmm. They could just be walking to class and then right. hearing them on, on the earphones, right? Right. Do you think the women in your novels, uh, and I know you mentioned a few of them, but do you think um, they reflect certain characteristics of yourself? And it, and is that in a way cathartic for you? Um, I hadn't thought about whether it's cathartic, but mm-hmm. it probably is. Some of them definitely are like me. Um, but even my first character, who was sort of based on me um, in many ways, she wasn't, she had personality characteristics that I don't have. Like she was outgoing, and I'm actually introverted. So <laughs> as like, maybe, maybe sometimes I write characters that are like I wish I was <laughs> instead of characters like I really am. Mm-hmm, right. So you create your own world. Yes. And I do have a fantasy series where I really created my own world. Oh, and that was that was really fun as well. That was super fun. And, I mean, I love that you tackle also difficulties that women face in this world. And not only women, but underrepresented groups such as blind people. And um, is this important for you to do to, like, highlight those underrepresented groups? Yeah, I love that. I mean, especially if I can find, I like the with the Limitless series and the people with disabilities, I feel like those people are really underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's there are some underrepresented groups that I don't feel qualified to write about, but I love to bring people in and let everybody feel like that they can relate to them. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing is, is, Sometimes you, when you see somebody who is different from you, you can't relate to that person. Mm-hmm. And so if you read a book about them and you can get inside their head, you can relate to them as people. And, and it really dissolves a lot of our differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is something about your art that maybe you don't think we've mentioned yet, but you want our audience to know? Y- you know, I don't know if I've really brought this up or not but I guess the main thing is that I feel like that what I've done that anybody could do if they just aren't afraid to try mm-hmm. you know and 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 I mean like in terms of it doesn't have to be writing but it could be writing but I see so many people who say I always kind of wish I had done this or, you know, wish I'd learned to play the piano or I wish I had, you know, I'd love to write a book 
or something like that. And, and they're just like afraid to try. And I just want to encourage everybody out there to not be afraid to try whatever passion is in the back of their mind. They've, they've kind of always wished they could do it. They should give it a try. What do you have to lose, you know, and, and look how much you have to gain. Right. Take the leap of faith. Take the leap of faith. <laughs> right. Um, do you have any upcoming projects or upcoming dates that you want people to know about? Uh, I don't have a date yet. I do. I am working on the, the third book in my uh, romantic comedy series that um, is uh, going to involve a, a princess on the run. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I haven't done yet. I haven't done royalty and uh, but I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but hopefully it's going to come out this year. We've, I've had two granddaughters born this summer, and that has sort of slowed down my writing process. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank <Louis>. you. <laughs> um, I mean, I love how versatile all your, your books are. It's just different people all around. That's awesome. Um, well, Tammy, thank you so much for stopping by. Congratulations on becoming a USA best-selling author. I mean, that must be such a great achievement. And thank you for, you know, letting us know a little bit about what you do. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.